It was that moment that you, Adam, took that diaper and you put it on Miles' head <laughs> and you said, Miles, you look like George Washington. <laughs> and you took his legs and you cycled them around and ride your bike, ride your bike. And here's a baby. He's never going to ride a bike. And I, I had missed it. All those years, I had been getting frustrated, and I wasn't appreciating that Adam was caring for our children in that way. This is Behind Our Smiles. Pursuing connection. And finding joy. Even in the struggle. And welcome back to another episode of the Behind Our Smiles podcast. We are Joe and Tara Buchanan. Yeah, and today we're doing something really special. We're mixing it up. Yes, we're going to have guests on yes. for the very first time. This is very exciting. You know, our podcast is called Behind Our Smiles, right. and we talk about what's behind our smiles, but now we're going to find out what's behind someone else's smiles. The smiles of Adam mm-hmm. and Christina Hannon. In fact, if you ever have an opportunity to meet Adam, you'd probably say the same thing mm-hmm. we say, and that is that he is always smiling. Yeah, he's a bit of a goof, goofball. In every picture <laughs> I think I've ever seen of him, mm-hmm. he's smiling. It's a beautiful family, and yes. they have a really beautiful marriage as well. But behind their smiles is a lot of heartbreak mm-hmm. and tragedy. In fact, you would never know mm-hmm. that tragedy is in the background. So before you listen to our podcast, if you want to put us on pause, we'll yeah. let you go for just a few minutes. <laughs> they were featured on the Unfolding podcast right. on page 87. Their story of what, went, what they went through with their son, Miles. Right. Miles was their fourth child. Mm-hmm. He was born with some major medical issues, and they weren't even sure how long he would live or what the quality of the life would look like. And he ended up only living for 20 short months. Mm. And all of those were under constant medical care. A lot of heartbreak there. And in 2012, Adam and Christina had to say goodbye to their son, Miles. And, and this is not something that you and I have gone mm-hmm. through, Tara. So I can't even imagine what that's like. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to have them on the podcast is they could speak from a completely different perspective. Right. How did God get them through something so hard that can really tear your marriage apart? And yet here they are standing stronger than ever before. So we are really excited that we were able to sit down with Adam and Christina and that they were willing to take some time to share their story. And we're going to share that uh, interview in just mm-hmm. a few moments. But before we do, I did want to say a huge thanks to our sponsor, Samaritan Ministries. They are a biblical solution to healthcare. Uh, connecting hundreds of thousands of Christians across the nation who care for one another through prayer, encouragement, and financial support when a medical need arises. There are no network restrictions. It's affordable. You can join today. Just go to SamaritanMinistries.org slash miles. If you have lost a child or know someone who has, please let them know about this interview. It is so inspiring and encouraging. So Adam and Christina, just mm. looking at your bright smiles and how much you guys love each other, I would love to hear what your early marriage was like. I know you guys were young and probably in love and had a bright future in front of you. We started off with a surprise. <laughs> yeah, Adam and I were actually, we were six months pregnant with our oldest son when we got married. <laughs> and so the beginning of our marriage was just already kind of like, okay, this is not what we were planning. We were not planning that pregnancy. And it had come just you know out of a, a season of not walking in obedience to God's commands. And God was so gracious in that time to... <laughs> stop us in our tracks and um, bring us to repentance and obedience. And we decided to get married. We had already been engaged um, and before we got pregnant. And then we went ahead and got married. And then three months later had our oldest mm-hmm. son. And so we didn't have much of a 
you know, honeymoon period like like most people have when they get married. And we just jumped right into marriage and parenting at the same time. And that was a struggle for us in a lot of ways because financially we were not planning um, to start our life in that way at all either. Mm-hmm. And also are starting out with this set of expectations of kind mm-hmm. of what you thought marriage would be like or what you thought um, your your life would be like. And I know I went into marriage not really even thinking that I would ever want to be a mother. That wasn't really something that was on my radar. I wanted to be rich and famous <laughs> and um, uh, wasn't really thinking about kids at that at that point in my life. And so I had different expectations. I wasn't expecting to be at home with a with a baby while I was finishing my senior year in college. And mm-hmm. um, my husband was working a lot mm-hmm. just to pay the bills and buy the diapers and, you know, student loans start kicking in and yeah. all those things. And so it was a rough go at the beginning just because it was a lot of learning and a lot of kind of butting up against those expectations of what we thought and then what reality actually looked like for us. Right. And rarely do expectations and reality come together cleanly, especially uh, in early married days. And I remember being in my early married days and you had a major curveball thrown at you right off the start. How did that impact your marriage? How did God show up for you? Right. I think that financial situation that we were in early on in our marriage was uh, was really really a big challenge in our marriage because we didn't have much. It certainly didn't meet up with our expectations of where we thought we would be. Um, so we lived in a small house, 400 square feet. <laughs> so when there was conflict, what do we do? We had to learn to, to resolve it quickly because what are you going to do? Go into the next room. There isn't another room. <laughs> it's like a tiny home, right? <laughs> it was, before tiny homes were popular, <laughs> there we were. Um, but also to see in those moments of uh, of challenge with a financial hardship or, or, you know, just learning all these things together at the same time uh, to see how God has provided for us. We never missed a meal. We didn't have money for a meal, but we never missed one. God had provided through some pretty, pretty unmistakable, remarkable ways. And in that, of course, you don't see it in, in at the time, but in hindsight, he was building our faith for bigger challenges mm-hmm. coming our way that we couldn't foresee at all. I love that. And I love that God is at work on so many different layers. Yep. And Christina, I like what you shared about expectations. And it sounds mm-hmm. like to me, you were given a double dose, both in what you expected out of Adam as a husband and then what you expected out of motherhood. You know, I grew up with, I think, very unrealistic expectations anyway. Mm-hmm. I think, what did my dad say? Um, he would always tell me when I was a little girl, whenever I wanted something at the store, he would say to me, well, you can have it when you get married. Then you can have whatever you want. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> and that's what I walked into. <laughs> and I wasn't making a lot of money after college, but I was paying a lot of student loans. So um, that was the reality of it. And uh, we learned a lot through that. I appreciate that perspective. And yet, even in that moment, you had no idea of the heartache to come. You're only about six years into your marriage. You've got three small children. You're getting ready to give birth to your fourth miles. Right. 
and you learn that this is not going to be a normal experience. Right. Your hopes and expectations just kind of come crashing to the ground. Yep. Six years, almost seven. So Miles was born with some unexpected, uh, pretty major medical conditions and, and uh, some disabilities. Um, there was some underlying neuromuscular disorder that uh, still is undiagnosed, but it was pretty pretty significant. And on top of that, there was a lack of oxygen at birth, which led to some major brain damage in addition to that. And then he developed hydrocephalus eventually. So there was a lot of challenges. That was that was a hard season, but God never left us. You know, he's near to the brokenhearted, right? It says mm-hmm. that in, in, in his word. And uh, and we could experience that in a way that I, I still can, I can't explain it. I just know mm-hmm. that God was near us when we were heartbroken. And this might sound weird. I miss that. Mm-hmm. I miss how yeah. close he felt. I know he's still close to us. I know that. But I miss how close he felt. And the Bible tells us that God is close to the, the brokenhearted. And there's something really special about that. Yes. But on the flip side of that coin, you had some significant odds stacked against you. How in the world did you protect your marriage while walking through all of that? Um, What's that phrase? A smart man, a wise man uh, learns from his mistakes. Mm -hmm. A wiser man learns from other people's mistakes, Mm -hmm. right? And the reality of it was we knew people... We had watched people go through uh, medical situations with their kids, and it destroyed their marriage. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when we walked into this situation, like we recognize the potential, the possibility that this could destroy our marriage if we're not really careful and intentional about uh, walking through this together. Um, We saw that, and it kind of scared us a little bit. But it also um, made us aware of the fact that we needed we needed to do it together. We needed to be united in this. I remember, you know, like, just that first week, you know, those first few days when we were together, we recognized that we cannot on our own do this on our own strength. Mm-hmm. We need Christ. So how did you stay close to God with so much chaos unfolding around you? Right. Yeah. Can I just say, so Psalms of Ascent, Psalm 121 through, I I think it's 132, but um, Psalm 126, I think is the one that really grabbed my attention because here we were, we were sobbing together. We were praying uh, for our son. um, And here's the Psalm 126 talking about how, you know, when the Lord restored uh, our fortune. So it's a looking back mm. and seeing the times that God has been good and faithful and uh, and has blessed us. And here we're remembering those times when we were we didn't have anything, right? But God has blessed us in ways. So we're looking back and remembering those times when God has been faithful and he has blessed us. And then so here in Psalm 126, the Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. And then here's the pivot. Restore our fortunes, O Lord. Mm. You've done it before. Would you do it now? And that was us, you know, at the Ronald McDonald House, you know, just down the road from from where our son was in the hospital. And we're playing God, you know, restore our fortunes, restore our son. And I love how God answered this prayer. You know, the, the psalm continues, you know, those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. And to see God answer that prayer, it took some time. Mm. Three months in the hospital. 
and we were able to bring our son home, there were shouts of joy. Yeah, I will never forget the day that Miles was able to come home. Oh, man. This is like one of my favorite days of my life. Oh, yeah. I think it was 32 below zero in Minnesota mm-hmm. that day. I mean, oh. it was bitter <laughs> cold. And our street was lined with friends, family, people who had been praying for us, people mm-hmm. who had supported us. And they lined the street. It was like a parade. Balloons. Maybe not balloons. There were balloons. There were balloons. I mean, how can it be that it was that cold and there were balloons? Um, and big, you know, the big poster, big poster boards, you know, and a, a gigantic banner that said, Welcome Home Miles. And then up the street comes this ambulance carrying our son. Um, it was. It was shouts of joy. I got to ride in the ambulance with him <laughs> from Minneapolis to our home in Brainerd. And I didn't know there were going to be people waiting on our sidewalk. There were like 75 people there in 32 below weather. Mm. And to see that kind of support from our community, I'll never forget that. People who have been praying for our kids, been praying for our son, been praying for us. God's always at work. And I've, I've noticed that he loves to work through people. And here they are in front of our home just to say, welcome home. I mean, there it is in Psalm 126, right? Mm-hmm. And here we were bringing him home with shouts of joy. That was that was the best day. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about how a lot of times we'll think if it's not a grand gesture, then it can't have any kind of impact. A lot of studies show that people aren't kind, not because they're not kind people, but because they don't think their kindness will make a difference. Mm-hmm. And here you are this many years later, someone standing out on a sidewalk on a cold day impacted your life in such a way that you'll never be the same. I still get pretty emotional about it, obviously. <laughs> We'll be back with Adam and Christina after a word from our sponsor. Courtney was 17 weeks pregnant when she and her husband, Greg, learned that their son, Shepard, had a heart condition that would require multiple surgeries and were uncertain about his future. But Samaritan Ministries connected them with other Samaritan members who began to pray and share the financial needs of the pregnancy and the medical care Shepard needed. I don't know how Samaritan could have answered any differently and done any better. I don't know. And just to hear the confidence on the other end of the phone Mm. of this is not something that you need to be concerned about at all. You focus on the health of your family, the health of your baby, and we will walk with you every step of the way. Thankfully, through God's faithfulness and provision, Shepherd is surpassing all of the doctor's expectations. To read more about this family's journey and how you can join a community of believers like them, visit SamaritanMinistries.org slash smiles. That's SamaritanMinistries.org slash smiles. So you have this incredible experience. Miles has been in the hospital and he, he comes home and, and he's got this in-home care happening. And then at 20 months, you have to say goodbye to your son who passes into the arms of Jesus. What did life look like then? How did you put one foot in front of the other after experiencing that kind of loss? I love how life doesn't really stop and allow you Hmm. to just sit still. Because, I mean, for us, we had three other kids, right? Yeah. Well, they need need supper, (laughs) right? Um, We have to... You know, end up in a bed sometime tonight, right? You have to put one foot in front of the other because you just got to go to the next thing at some point. So let's do it together. It's kind of our mentality, I guess. 
So let me ask you, Christina, what did that look like for you? Like, how did you find healing in that season? I think wherever you can find something to laugh about. Yes. There were so many times, and and I don't I don't say that to make light of anyone's situation, mm-hmm. but laughter is so good for you, and it's such an emotional release of so many things. I think some of the hardest times, some of the the most you know those moments where you think I'm just going to break, <laughs> I just I can't handle another another thing going wrong. We were able to laugh in those times. You know, I, I think of the morning after Miles um, had passed away. We woke up and we didn't want to go downstairs. We did not want to get out of bed. We didn't want to put that next foot in front of the other because we, it was silent downstairs. And we'd not experienced that in a year and a half. And and so we we were laying in bed and our son, Alistair, came into our crawled up into our bed, and he would have been four at the time. He crawled up in bed with us, and you looked over at him, and you said, Alistair, isn't mom pretty? And Alistair just says, no. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Because he had misheard you, and he thought that you had said, isn't Bob pretty? And That's your dad. And Bob is my dad. So it was like, isn't grandpa pretty? No. And we <laughs> laughed. And it was just, you know, such a, a funny, a, not a, a substantial thing, but it made us laugh. Mm-hmm. And that's what we needed. And from that moment, we could say, okay, we can do this. Mm-hmm. We can get out of bed. Yeah. And it's going to be hard. We're going to face what, what's in front of us. Going through that kind of experience has mm-hmm. got to affect every part of your life, especially your marriage. So looking back, what did you learn about Adam? How did things change in the way you saw your husband? So before Miles was born, we had um, we had three kids at home, so um, two, four, and six years old. And um, I'm sure most families struggle with Sunday morning trying to get out the door for church. <laughs> and being on time. <laughs> you know, you want to show up on time. You want people to be dressed, hopefully clean, you know. <laughs> Maybe fed expectations, (laughs) Christina. You know, yeah. And so I remember, you know, before Miles was born, sometimes these, you know, Sunday mornings, Adam would be kind of, he'd be playing around. He'd be goofing around with the kids. I just don't see that. And, uh, yeah. yeah, thank you. <laughs> and uh, he, he would like take the diaper, he would put it on the baby's head and say, oh, you look like George Washington. And then, <laughs> and then he would take their feet and kind of bicycle them around and ride your bike, ride your bike. And, and I would be standing there, can you just change the diaper? <laughs> we need to get to church. And I was so irritated. I was so task oriented i was missing those opportunities of of joy of playing of loving in that way and i i wasn't appreciating that adam was caring for our children in that way and it wasn't until we got to the hospital and my life just stopped i mean there was nowhere to go there was no place to be i wasn't going to be at church that Sunday. I was, you know, standing next to this baby boy in the hospital, um, just praying that he would live to the next day. And 
It was that moment that you, Adam, took that diaper and you put it on Miles' head <laughs> and you said, Miles, you look like George Washington. And you took his legs and you cycled them around and ride your bike, ride your bike. And here's a baby. He's never going to ride a bike. But you still loved him and you still played with him and you still parented him just like you had with all of our other kids mm-hmm. and i was i was a wreck because i i had missed it all those all those years i had been getting frustrated and fed up and you were just loving them well and so that was a moment that that i really saw saw what mm-hmm. you were doing what you were about and and how you were doing it and and I appreciated it like I hadn't before. Mm-hmm. Like you needed it more. Like before it was a frustration and a, a problem, and now it's like mm-hmm. this is actually what you needed in that moment. Yes, was to say we love this child. This is how mm-hmm. he loves him, and it doesn't matter what the future holds. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He can still look like George Washington, <laughs> right? And obviously, when you go through something like this, you're never the same. It impacts your life forever. And I wish that no one ever had to experience that. But what did God teach you in that season that is impacting your life to this day? Mm. I would love to say that I would continue every day to live, you know, as we did in those days with Miles, that our focus would be, you know, today. And let's let's show our kids that, that they're loved today. Mm. And I wish that was perfectly lived out. And it's not because there are still distractions that get in the way of that schoolwork and, you know, activities and chores and all those things. They still just sort of drown out that bigger mission sometimes. But I hope I'm at least more aware of it. Mm. Oh, I totally relate to that. It is so easy to get distracted by all the day-to-day things we have to do and lose sight of the mission that God has for us. Mm -hmm. So looking at the big picture, what was it for you if you could say one thing that was the key to kind of keeping your marriage strong through all of that. I think for us, it was just being intentional about spending time Mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes it wasn't going out to the movies or going out to a nice dinner. It was clipping coupons together or... (laughs) It was, um, sitting on the floor clipping coupons. It was, yeah. Or just being really intentional about enjoying those hours that we had to be together, but doing it as much as we could and including the kids as much as we could. That really, for us... It was it was just being a family. Uh, we had started memorizing scripture as a family and reading scripture as a family early on when our oldest was a baby, right? And to see how God has used his word in fruitful ways and prepared us for the trial we had with Miles, right? That's a routine that we decided to keep up. And I hope we never break that habit or that routine because it's been good. It's been really good. Maybe that's part of the glue that God has used to keep us together. Is there anything else you would share to a couple maybe who's experienced you know, loss of a child or maybe even a medical crisis and their marriage is really struggling. Anything else you would point them to for other resources when they feel like they're at the end of the rope? Yeah, there's a great resource. There's a book written by uh, a professor at the University of Northwestern. Her name is Dr. Melissa Mork. Mm-hmm. And she wrote a book called Navigating Grief with Humor. Mm-hmm. And she wrote it in the context of losing her husband to cancer. 
But the things that she discusses in that book are so good, helping us understand grief more and also how to combat that in a healthy way. And humor is, isn't is just like, you know, Jerry Seinfeld's stand-up comedian, right? It, it, humor looks different. Humor has a very broad definition, but the way that she looks to that as a way to heal in grief, I found it to be super helpful. Well, and, you know, we talked a little bit about laughing and yeah. and just how how healing that was for us. And part of our story was when Miles, after he had been buried, we had chosen a gravestone for him, a headstone, Mm -hmm. and it had part of Psalm 121 inscribed on it. And um, my mom called me the day it was installed in the cemetery, and she called and she said, you're not going to believe this, but they made a spelling error in the granite. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And so... His stone read, the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time froth and forevermore. Instead of forth. Oh, no. said froth. And so I, w- I was just stunned for a moment. <laughs> and that was one of those times when either this is going to kill me or I'm just going to laugh about it. And so we, we laughed. Yep. And it became a great opportunity for us to laugh every year or every you know every time we would go out to visit him we bring a nice frothy mug of root beer and we kind of just like (laughs) give each other you know like cheers miles you know the lord is keeping (laughs) you're going out and you're coming in and it's just a great celebration so laugh definitely that's awesome thank you so much for sharing part of your story i loved hearing some of those real moments that you had to go through. And I just, I'm so sorry for the hard times and I'm thankful for the really cool things that God did in the end. I'm uh, just in getting to know you guys, there's a level of depth to you that I don't know is attainable without walking through Mm -hmm. something difficult and something Mm -hmm. hard. And I'm really, really grateful that you have chosen to not let it destroy you, that you've chosen to say, okay, God, we don't understand this. We definitely don't like it. We don't, we, this is not what we would have designed, right? This is not how we would have designed it, but we know that you're God. We trust you anyway, even though it was hard. Mm. Thank you. I have I have one more resource. A friend of mine, after Miles was born, gave me this book, and it's called A Different Dream for My Child, um, Meditations for Parents of Critically or Chronically Ill Children, and it's by Jolene Filo. Mm. And this book was so helpful for me because it allowed me the the space to grieve grieve the the hopes and the dreams that I had for miles. So anytime you, you know, are pregnant, you're probably, you know, if you're assuming that you're going to have a healthy delivery, you have all these hopes and these dreams for your child, you know, that they would grow up, that they would ride that bike, that they would graduate high school, that they would, you know, maybe walk down the aisle one day. And those dreams were lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to say that that there's not going to be different dreams for your child. There will be. But it created that space or that category in my mind to grieve the loss of those hopes and those dreams that I was carrying for miles and then replace them with what are my hopes and dreams for him now based on his situation and, and based on who God has made him to be. 
Right, because those hopes and dreams you might have had were your expectations. Exactly. She's saying, okay, God, what is it you want for him, not what I want for him? That's not always an easy place to get to. And I think sometimes when you're in the midst of the struggle, it can be so frustrating when someone says to you, there's good that's going to come out of this. But I can literally see the good that has come out of such a heartbreaking circumstance. I remember... You know, when Miles was born and we were first faced with that that diagnosis um, that that he would never live a, a normal life as we would classify normal and and we grieved a lot at that time and our hearts were were really broken and I remember asking you know holding up this against God's word and saying you know God has this promise that all things work together for the good of those who love him and and I I was asking the Lord how could this be good what could possibly be good about this situation and now it's amazing because I can look back and all that I see is good every single moment even the hard things I can recognize God's goodness to us, um, the good that God was working in it, even though at that moment, I could not comprehend how God could possibly work this for good. And he did. Mm -hmm. God has written a story and it's hard, but it's good, right? Mm -hmm. And if it's true that God is working through even the hard, he's working through this story for good, we'd want to share that. Mm -hmm. And also you think about you know, you love talking about your kids. Am I wrong? No. <laughs> okay. We, we do too. We love talking about um, what our kids are up to. We love talking about how God is using our kids. And that includes Miles. You know, there's some hard things in there, but we love talking about our son. Mm. And you see it all over scripture that God doesn't use the perfect and the healthy, right? As much as he uses the broken and the weak. Here is this child who is the most vulnerable and the most broken I've ever seen a child. And God has and and still is using him mm-hmm. in powerful ways for his glory and for the benefit of people. That was our biggest hope for our kids. And See? God is still working through Miles. I do have a quick question about your other kids. Yeah. Do they still look like George Washington? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a bigger challenge to put a diaper on the, the oh, kid no. who's six foot four. <laughs> no, just <laughs> love it. It's awesome. And thank you for using his name. And that's one thing we found is that uh, when people address Miles by name, his legacy isn't forgotten. Mm -hmm. I love that. So thank you. Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing with us today. It's been such a gift to spend time with you. Thank you for having us. This has been so great. Yeah. Thank you for having us. This has been an honor. It's been good. What an incredible honor to uh, sit down with Adam and Christina Hannon and have them share Mm -hmm. Uh, probably the most painful experience of their life and Mm -hmm. what God is doing uh, in their life through that experience. They were some amazing first guests. Yes, our very first guests, and we're so grateful. And one of the things that I really appreciated was how Christina shared so honestly about how her perspective changed, Mm -hmm. how... Um, on Sunday morning, Adam putting the diaper on his son's head and Just saying, goofing off. look like George Washington was so annoying to her because she wanted to get to church on time. And how when she was in the hospital with Miles looking back, she realized that that time with your kids is so valuable. Even it can look like you're wasting time or just kind of goofing off, but being present in the moment is so important. They are the precious moments in life, right? right? 
And those very things that were so annoying now was like the biggest blessing right. in that same. And I loved how they were talking about the intentionality of going, okay, this is something huge and saying we can't let this slip. We can't, you know, not be super intentional about how we spend our time and how often we read God's word and how often we totally submit our, our, mm. our lives to God because this is too much for us. And when it comes to habits, I think to myself, a crisis is not a good time to start a habit. Right. But if we have those good habits in our marriage and our lives, then if crisis does come, we're more prepared for it. I think yeah. that was kind of neat. And I also had to smile when they were talking about laughter mm -hmm. and how laughter was such a, a huge key. A surprising key. Yeah, surprising mm -hmm. key to their healing process. And I think about the, the headstone at the cemetery for miles and how there was a misprint on it. It was supposed to be the word fourth, and yet it said froth. It could have been a tragedy. I think it could have been a tragedy. A lot of, you, right. Rightfully so, right? right could be really kid. upset about that. But they decided in that moment to laugh and not even change it, to just keep it. Mm -hmm. And then they uh, they do a root beer froth yeah, toast float. To, uh, to Miles every year. Yeah. And so if you want to hear more of their story, again, they were on the Unfolding podcast on page 87. They go into more detail about their mm -hmm. whole medical journey and what that all looked like. It's just as inspiring and as amazing as what we heard today. Right. And they also have their own mm. podcast. Yes, they do. They host a podcast called The Forefront Podcast with Anna and Christina Hannon. Mm. And I like it too because they talk about marriage, but they one of the questions they ask each other on the podcast is, what brought you joy this week? And you always hear their stories of joy, which is great to hear when you know their backstory. Right. It, it does change mm -hmm. everything, right? When mm -hmm. you see someone smiling. And again, that's why we do this podcast behind our smiles is because a lot of times you see mm -hmm. smiles on Facebook or Instagram or people in life and you think, wow, they don't struggle with the mm -hmm. same things we struggle with. And when you begin to realize that we all have struggles, we mm -hmm. all are fighting a battle, uh, it can bring hope into your situation. So we put those two links in the show notes for you, yes. for their podcast, for the unfolding. And also they mentioned those two resources for for people that are grieving from Dr. Mork and that devotional that she talked about. So check the show notes for that if you're interested. Yeah, and thanks for uh, listening today. We love hanging out with you. Mm -hmm. We'd love to connect with you. Um, our podcast, or our Instagram. Instagram is Behind Our Smiles Pod, and we're on Facebook. And if you're ever you're listening to leave a rating and a review. Yeah, five-star rating does <laughs> honestly help other people other people find the podcast. So thank you. Also want to say thanks to our sponsor. Huge thanks. They have helped to make this episode possible. Talking about Samaritan Ministries. They're a biblical solution to healthcare, connecting hundreds of thousands of Christians across the nation who care for one another through prayer. And I love that, by the way but also encouragement and, of course, financial support when a medical need arises. There are no network restrictions. It's not insurance. It's affordable, and you can join today. And you can find out more at SamaritanMinistries.org slash miles.